Welcome. My name is Yvonne Bendinger-Rothschild. I'm the Executive Director of the EACC New York. This podcast is brought to you by the European American Chamber of Commerce, a platform where Europeans and Americans connect to do business. For our podcast, we ask members from across Europe and the United States to discuss current events and how they may affect transatlantic business activities. I'd like to invite you to listen to all of our podcasts. You can find them on our website at eacc.com right slash podcasts. I hope you will enjoy the insights our members together with my team have put together. And I encourage you to subscribe to the EACC podcast series on your favorite podcast server and to rate and share them with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to our second podcast in the EACC NY Brexit Musings. This podcast is part of a series that will help you better understand the consequences of Brexit. So we are here to bring together experts within our membership to walk through the numerous inter-European and transatlantic matters that are impacted by Brexit, which also includes helping you better understand how to best prepare for it. My name is Paolo Fratini Melendez. I manage member engagement at the EACCNY, and I will be your host for this series. At this moment, we will hear from our members of the Consul General of Ireland, Kieran Madden, Consul General of Ireland in New York, and Sean Davis, the head of Enterprise Ireland North America. You will hear their thoughts and insights on the matter and the importance of preparing for Brexit, no matter the circumstance, deal or no deal, come the end of December 2020. Kieran, I leave it to you. Two years ago, here in New York, in partnership with the European American Chamber of Commerce, I hosted a dinner for some senior business figures from Europe and the US. To a man and a woman, they said they were sick and tired of hearing about Brexit and the conversation needed to move on to other EU-US topics. However, Brexit was with us then and is still with us today. A podcast is a snapshot in time. So where are we today? The UK left the European Union at the end of January this year, almost four years since they voted to do so. The terms of their exit were set out clearly in the withdrawal agreement agreed by the EU and the UK. And we are currently in the transition period. That is the temporary application of the same rules as applied before their exit. And this transition period ends at the end of this year, 91 days from now. The aim of the transition period is to give time to agree the shape of the future trading relationship between the UK and the EU, and negotiations are underway. The last four years have been marked by ongoing uncertainty. That's not helpful for business. The goal of the negotiations now on the future relationship is to remove that uncertainty, to allow the EU and the UK to work both as close partners and neighbours in the future. Unfortunately, the UK's internal market bill, which passed the House of Commons in the UK Parliament just this week, presents a new problem for the negotiations. It introduces provisions which are contrary to the withdrawal agreement already in place, specifically in relation to Northern Ireland. The internal market bill has given rise to great disquiet, not just in Ireland, but in Brussels and across the EU, and frankly in parts of the UK also. Leaving aside the details of the provisions, the withdrawal agreement is an international agreement, and as such it cannot be amended by just one side. If that were the norm in international relations, there would be chaos. As Germany's Foreign Minister Heiko Maas said yesterday, signed treaties have to be respected. We could not agree more. We believe that ways can be found to address the UK's concerns without breaching international law and and allow us to agree new trading relationships before the end of the year. There is time to do it, but that time is tight. The next few weeks will be critical. Real political will and real trust is required. Not agreeing a trade deal would be an enormous failure and would damage both sides. This isn't just about Ireland and and the UK. The negotiating parties are the EU and the UK, but Ireland is affected more than most. On the island of Ireland is the only land border between the EU and the UK. Under the terms of the Good Friday Peace Agreement reached in 1998, the people of Northern Ireland are free to be British or Irish or both. 
the gains of peace in Northern Ireland have permitted an open border between Ireland and Northern Ireland. In the border region, daily life continues as if there is no border. Even though it is the UK's only land border with the EU, there is broad agreement that this openness must be protected. The withdrawal agreement, negotiated and signed in good faith, made that possible, must be implemented in full. Here in the United States, we are fortunate that this goal is understood and supported by leaders on both sides of the aisle. We are thankful for the remarkable support shown by those leaders, and just this week by diverse voices, such as Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and the President's Special Envoy for Northern Ireland, Mick Mulvaney. It is said that geography is destiny. If that is the case, Ireland's destiny and the EU's must lie in a close partnership with the UK. We want to make this work. We want to look forward. We want to provide clarity and certainty to citizens and to businesses. But right now, we are once again stuck looking at the immediate problem ahead of us instead of the possibilities for the future. Given the persistent uncertainty of, the, of recent years because of Brexit, Ireland and all the EU member states have had to plan for all possible outcomes, planning for a future with a trade deal and planning for a future with no trade deal. And right now, we must continue to plan for all outcomes. Central to this planning has been the work of Ireland's trade promotion agency, Enterprise Ireland, both in opening and growing markets overseas and preparing companies at home. Similar work is taking place in other affected economies across Europe. You now have a chance to hear from the head of Enterprise Ireland, North America, Sean Davis. Thanks, Kieran, and thank you to the Europe America Chamber of Commerce for, for this opportunity. First thing I'd like to say is that while I am talking to the Ireland position, I'm going to be really trying to put this in the context of our preparation that all member states and make it sort of useful for all member states. So bear with me, there may be some repetition with what Kieran said, but I think this is this is a topic that, that requires it. The first, um, the first uh, starting point really for me, I suppose, is really to reiterate the comments or some of the comments that Michelle Barnier made on September 2nd, which really kind of sets the context for the position. There will be negative consequences for everyone, deal or no deal. Ireland will be most affected by Brexit and there is a, there's a lack of real engagement from the UK. And while we're disappointed with progress, we're still hopeful. So, so this really, I think, sets that context. So why do we in particular, and I think many member nations, need to be ready for this um, this impending situation? Ireland as a nation has had a very strong trading relationship with the UK, and a lot of, of our plan has really been built around how we lower that dependency, but increase the base. So over the last number of years, um, we have reduced our dependency and certainly as part of the Enterprise Ireland client base from, from 38% of our exports going to the UK in 2011-12 to now 31% of our exports going to the UK while increasing that base. That market diversification strategy is really at the heart of most of what I'm going to say now. Um, and also, I think something that that really all member states and all, all companies within those member states and industries could certainly find useful, I hope. Obviously, the most pressing, one of the most pressing issues is the imminent arrival of a new UK global tariff, which has economic and logistical consequences, which I which I will get into a little bit later. So that's that's maybe just some few minutes on, on the context. In terms of the work then, so so what now? And I think that's the position that, that many of us as, as members of the European Union have found ourselves in. What do we do now? Um, Certainly from, from, from our point of view, the starting point has been embedded in our engagement with industry. You build plans off the backs of the information you're getting, off the back of the information you're getting from your, your industry partners. To that extent, extent, we have done pretty extensive surveying across our client base and beyond you know, to understand exactly what those those issues are. Those issues have come back as supply chain, customs, competitiveness, 
financial management and, and market diversification, which I mentioned earlier, and, and of course, supply chain. Again, I think these are going to be familiar themes and familiar and familiar actions that, that need to be taken in other member states. So then we also, from, a, from an Enterprise Ireland perspective, and again, I see this as being mirrored across the, across the European Union, we looked at the sectors, our key sectors that, that, that we operate in, which include food, industrial, life sciences, clean tech, software and services, ICT, um, and then across our, our industrial base from large to small companies. That gives us a lot of feedback and, and, and a lot of information in terms of where we need to direct our time, our energy, our resources and our plans. So what does that plan look like? And, and really, the plan needs to be built around those areas of exposure and, and vulnerability. The three key areas that have emerged are around currency and financial management, customs and logistics, and strategic sourcing. These very much were, were dominant themes in, in all and any of the surveys that, that, we, that we have undertaken. And, and really, a, a large part of the effort and plans that we have made, and again, I, I would suspect mirrored across the European Union, have been, have been in these areas. Some of the other areas that have also come up include proximity to customers, relationship with customers, the actual dynamics within the UK market itself and how they might change, regs and standards, regulations and standards, um, and the movement of people, which probably in the Ireland, sort of UK instance, is one of particular and pressing, and pressing interest. So the core aspects of what we would consider a, a robust Brexit plan, essentially embedded in knowledge and information that's relevant, the assessment and alignment with your local, with your government plans. So in, in each, again, in each member state, I think it's important that the trade promotional organizations are in lockstep and aligned with wider government plans and initiatives. Recently, uh, we launched our 20 million euro ready for customs uh, grant package. That's again, something that we see similar activity across the European Union. Our readiness checker launch, our online skills development, uh, uh, training sections and, and, and modules. Communications can't be understated as, as, as important. Brexit is, is well, a serious issue, is one of many that industry is dealing with, and particularly in the current climate with all the challenges around COVID. It can be a competing priority and something that we found that, that ongoing communication is important you know, to ensure it's becoming the priority that it should be. The co-design of workshops with industry so that we're actually delivering the kinds of learning training that is useful to industry. Within Enterprise Ireland, our own sector plans and implementation of those. Um, probably one significant event which we have every year is, is our International Markets Week event. We see similar examples across the European Union of, of, of similar types of events where we get our Enterprise Ireland people and we get our, our, our client companies together. Yeah, we see we see this replicated in many member nations, but we have nine specialists that are focusing on Brexit-related topics this year, which actually begins the week of October five. Workshops with revenue again important, and of course we're all looking forward to the EU summit at the end of October, which will be a real focus on on deal or no deal preparation. Focusing quickly then just on the communications piece, you know, the, the in our own particular instance, our Prepare for Brexit website has been a very, very important tool and asset in terms of getting the, the types of, of, of tools and assets and supports that are available. Again, we see we see that mirrored across the European Union. We have we have our own communications plan, which talks about the aforementioned Brexit 20 million fund. Our prepareforbrexit.com website, which I mentioned, ministerial and government engagement with our industrial industrial base, as speaking directly to our industrial base. 
our readiness checker online tool, our, com- our customs communication programs. And again, next week, our, our Taunashtad Deputy Prime Minister, Leo Varadkar, will, will open our, um, our, our International Markets Week, which is re- it's, it's that ready for a new world theme, which is equally applicable to our Brexit preparedness as well as our COVID-19 preparedness. So, so really, it's really. I think it's it's important to to, to note the, the, the this is this is obviously an, a, a topic and uh, and and a re, and, and, and an area that that is is becoming of 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 increasing interest for Irish companies. It's becoming of of absolutely compelling interest across the European Union. You know, all of the supports that I've mentioned, and including articles, webinars, currency impact calculators, etc. You know, they're all vitally important for it for, for industry to, 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 to know that they they can proceed confidently that um, that we're all understanding the challenges, reacting and adapting to those to those challenges. And then finally, I suppose I'll just I'll just finish where, where I started with the comments that Michelle Barnier made around the, the, the consequences deal or no deal, um, the engagement process and and the lasting hope um, that there is time, however short, to uh, to come to uh, a deal on this. So with that, I might pass it back to our Consul General for any closing thoughts you might have. Thanks, Sean. I'll be cl- close up quickly with three final points, really. Earlier, I spoke a lot about uncertainty and the uncertainty that Brexit brings. But we mustn't let that overshadow the other side of it, that everywhere in the EU, in Ireland and every member state, US businesses can have certainty in the stable regulatory and tra- trading environment that exists for them in the enormous common market that collectively makes up the world's largest economy. Brexit aside, and Brexit aside is a big aside, there's so much that can be done. Um, we've managed to get this far in the discussion without mentioning the pandemic, and it does merit a mention. And I would just say w- one thing, Sean, in, in his words there, mentioned supply chains and the developments of the last seven or eight months have made everybody anxious about supply chains to make sure that we can get for our citizens what they need and what they want. And it's important to underline for US listeners that the EU is a stable partner in supply chains. Just speaking for Ireland, Ireland is the fourth largest exporter from the EU of medical devices that can help treat COVID-19. And more than half of those this year have gone to the United States. So supply chains between the US and the EU can and will and must continue uninterrupted. And lastly, coming back to the problems that are that I mentioned earlier, we have overcome seemingly intractable problems before in this process, and we can overcome the current ones. Ireland's Foreign Minister, Simon Coveney, was in Washington, D.C. this week, and he really sounded a note of optimism. There are problems ahead of us in, in, the, in the efforts to secure a trade deal, but we can get beyond them and we can secure a trade deal that makes the best of the bad lot that we believe Brexit is. So lastly, please reach out to the Consulate, to Enterprise Ireland, and of course, to the European American Chamber of Commerce in New York. Thank you. Thank you, Kieran and Sean. It was an absolute privilege to hear from you today. And thank you for your expertise. And another thank you to our audience. We hope that you enjoy listening to our program on the importance of preparing for Brexit, no matter the outcome, whether there's a deal or no deal. Uh, So stay tuned for our next podcast, where we muse about Brexit. But for now, from the EACCNY and its speakers, take care. Thank you for joining us for this podcast from the European American Chamber of Commerce, New York. Please remember to subscribe and rate this episode and be sure to check out the complete list of recordings on our website at eacc.com right slash podcasts. If you have any comments or thoughts about this series, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us at membership 
at eaccny.com to learn more about our work, how to get involved, and how to join our transatlantic network.